challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Great to have you with me here at the Great Man Podcast. I am recording this on September the 19th, 2022. What's significant about that date? Well, today, as I sit here in Washington, D.C. recording this, today is the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II of Great Britain. And uh, if you've been with me for a while, you know I have and had a great admiration for this woman. Uh, I've studied her. I've written about her. I've taught about her as part of you just using great lives to teach leadership and history. And I find this woman to be inspiring. I'm touched by her. I'm not that enamored of everybody in the royal family, uh, but I'm glad that she graced our age. I'm glad she served for 70 years as queen of England. I am grateful for her, and I have learned a great deal for her, from her. And I got up this morning early, about 5, 5.30, to watch the funeral, which, of course, was uh, midday British time, that therefore early in the morning, our time here in D.C., and I was, I've been moved by something over the last few days that I want to bring to you as men. Part of the ritual, the funeral ritual for the monarch, was that various people would step up when, while, the, while the coffin, while the body was lying in state, as we would say in the U.S., um, various people would step up, stand at the corners of the platform on which the coffin was laying, and, quote, stand vigil. So this happened a number of times, as it did, by the way, for Prince Philip, the queen's husband, sometime before when he died a year or two ago. The bottom line is friends, knights, aides, family members march in. Again, this is British ceremonial process. They march in. They assume a position at the various corners or various sides of where the coffin lies, and they stand vigil. It comes from an ancient practice of warriors honoring their dead, honoring their commander, honoring their king by standing vigil over the body. You can imagine that it probably arose uh, years ago, centuries ago, when it was possible that when someone died, enemies might want to steal the body. And so it probably began as a practical thing. Then it arose as an honorary thing. You wanted to honor your friend. You wanted to uh, take time to remember him. You wanted to stand in attention uh, while you remembered and while you stood guard and while you said publicly, uh, this was my king. This was my commander. This was my friend. Perhaps this was my father or my brother. Uh, This was my mother. I stand guard here. I honor their memory. I protect them. I even, in a sense, protect their memory. I don my military regalia and I stand 
guard. I stand vigil. And if you've been watching in the last few days, again, I'm, I'm recording this on Monday the 19th. If you've been watching over the last week, uh, the Queen's children did this. The Queen's grandchildren did this. Um, with Prince Philip, uh, he was <clears throat> quite older, quite, uh, quite a bit older when he died. So many of his comrades in arms uh, in the Navy and throughout his life had died already. Um, when you live into your 90s, that's just the way it goes. You lose a lot of your friends along the way. But uh, his his friends, uh, knights who were pledged to him, etc., um, they his family members, they stood vigil. And so you know how much I believe in male friendships. You know how essential I believe they are. You know how I've written about the, the making of these and the, uh, how essential this is in my little booklet, Building Your Band of Brothers. And as often as I get to talk about it, I talk about men building bands of brothers and how essential they are for men. But, but I want to ask this question of you. Who is going to stand vigil for you? Who's going to stand vigil for you? Now, I want to tell you that not too long ago, I took my grandson, one of my grandchildren, one of my grandsons, I only have two, I'm acting like I have 50, but I have two grandsons, and the older one is about five. We took him to an an exhibit of knight's armor uh, at the Frist Museum in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'll tell you what, his little five-year-old soul was awakened. Uh, He wanted to draw the knights. He wanted to learn the colors. He wanted to make a shield. And at one one point when I was sitting at the, uh, just sitting at our dining room table with, with Bev there, um, I was just talking about how I'd gotten hot when we were walking through downtown Nashville. And my, my little grandson just spoke up without even looking at me and said, knights don't complain. That's all he said. Knights don't complain. He was kind of rebuking me for not being knight-like when he probably hadn't known what a knight was for more than about five hours. The point is that the the information, the lore, the artistry, the heritage of knights uh, somehow captured his soul. Well, I'm not suggesting we should walk around in armor or bear swords or think in those terms, but I, I do think that every man should think in terms of this kind of honor. This kind of, of a life that is connected to others in a way that when they die, who stands vigil for them? Who guards their memory? Who guards them? Yeah, maybe perhaps physically, but that, that's certainly where the ritual comes from. Uh, who stands there in honor um, saying, this was my comrade. This was my commander. This was my leader. This was my father, my mother, my brother, my sister, whatever it is. And I stand now publicly to say, I am a guardian of who they are and their memory, that it might be a blessing on generations to come. As are my Jewish friends say of the dead, may their memory be a blessing. And that's sort of what's happening there. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a capturing, it's a guarding and capturing of what the individual was that it might continue and be symbolized anew. And so I think every man should not just think in terms of his funeral, but think in terms of how he lives day in and day out. Who are the men who will stand vigil. In some cases, it might be women. I know that my daughter is very likely to hear this podcast and she'll be the first to call me and say, I want to stand vigil at your funeral, dad. And that she just has that valiant warrior's heart. And so, yes, of course it can be women, but who, but I'm, but I'm mainly focusing about on your band of brothers and how you build that around you. Who's going to stand vigil for you? 
I've even been entertaining in the last couple of weeks as I've been watching the Queen's funeral. You, you know, do I want something formally like that at my funeral where I'm not going to lie in state, probably. I'm not going to be, you know, it's not going to be some big formal ritualistic funeral. But could there be a moment where some of my lifelong friends and comrades in arms, so to speak, stand at the corners of my funeral facing outward? And just for a few moments, it was only 15 minutes with members of the royal family. It was symbolic. Just stand and say something by that standing. The issue for, that I'm pressing on you right now is not just how you'll orchestrate your funeral, although I've been thinking about that a bit, but who do you walk closely enough that they will stand with you? In my life, for a variety of reasons, I have conducted officiated at and also attended a lot of funerals. I'm a little bit older. Uh, I've also been around warriors a lot. I've been to a lot of military funerals. And I'll tell you one thing that that disturbs me um, is often when I look around and there's family uh, and there are officials maybe at a military funeral, but there's not a best friend. There's not someone who's close. There's not someone who gets up and said, this man transformed my life by his friendship. Many men, I would say most men in our generation, walk alone. So I'm not trying to turn you military and martial, and I'm not trying to turn you uh, to just be preoccupied with, with having an ornate funeral. That's not my point, and you know it. My point is, who is going to stand vigil for you? How do you walk with your friends? How do you walk with your family? How do you walk with your children and your grandchildren? How do you bond with them? How do you bring the nobility of who you are to bear upon their life? How do you ennoble them? Who are you connected to? Again, I was deeply moved by watching people standing vigil for the queen. I want you to, want you to go online, Google this, even if you don't care that much about the royal family and uh, even if you don't care to go back and watch the video of, of the funeral, which took place at about six o'clock this morning, uh, DC time. That's okay. I'm not asking you to be a royal watcher or, or, or devoted to the royal family. But I do want you just to Google quickly something about standing vigil at the queen's casket or during the queen's funeral ceremonies, the various ceremonies that attended her death. And watch for a moment what it was like to have grandsons in military uniforms standing vigil, to have sons and daughters the son, one son being, of course, the future king of England, the current king of England, standing vigil, to have little 10-year-old grandchildren standing vigil, and what that means, and what it captures. And I know there's all kinds of drama with the British royal family, and what about Harry, and what about William, and what about Meghan, and what about Katie, uh, Kate, and I, okay, fine. If you want to get into all that and pay attention to it, fine. It's history, and it's contemporary events, and that's fine, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about the beauty of the fact that the ceremony of standing vigil transcended all of that. Both brothers, who apparently don't get along very well right now, processed in together, took their positions, stood there in uniforms. It was beautiful. It was noble. And it almost didn't matter whatever else was going on in their lives. At that moment, they were standing vigil for their monarch, for their grandmother, for their queen, and for a legacy that they will carry into their families in their various ways. Who will do that for you? You may not even have any biological children. Fine. It's not just primarily about that. It's about those you walk with in this life, 
who when your life is over will stand, stand vigil, remember, symbolize that remembrance, and carry the relationship and the good that you have done forward. It's important that you measure your life in those terms. An ancient, a bit of ancient literature says, death is the destiny of all people and the living should take this to heart. So we are meant to think about our deaths and use it as a measure of how we live. What's going to happen at our deaths? Who's going to be there? What's going to be celebrated? What's going to be said? This is not just something that should happen at a corporate retreat where you're writing your obituary as kind of a way to align your life. This is, this is even higher than that. So I ask again, who is going to stand vigil for you? This is important. This is vital. This is one of the great bits of lore, the great arts of being a great man. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production. 